listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I want you to be in the know. What does the Bible say? about angels. What can you expect? What is it that they are doing and how do they function? See that Kelly said, I shared because I care. Sharing is caring, by the way. Sharing is caring. Also, let me say this before we jump in. If you would like to text me and stay in contact with me via text message, it's very easy to do. You can actually go straight to this link on the website, miracleword.com forward slash text And you can put your uh, information there. What that does, it actually puts your information in my phone and we can stay in contact via text message and uh, I can keep you updated with what's going on. Uh, You can send me prayer requests. We'll just stay in touch. And I'm, I'm praying for every one of you by name and I'm glad we're connected that way. It's the best, it truly right now in 2020, it's the best way to be connected. I know not everybody sees all their emails. I know that the algorithms on social media make it so that we don't always see each other's posts all the time. But text message is the best way for us to stay in touch. And I would like to stay in touch with you. It is so good to see Jenna Joyner on the broadcast tonight. So good. We love Jenna so much. Those of you that don't even know Jenna have grown to love her. And also you have you have pressed in in prayer for her to keep a job, to be rehired, um, so if you love Jenna with all of your heart, somebody throw it in the comments, give her some love. Jenna Joiner's in the house tonight. She's great. We appreciate her. Uh, David said, I'm reading your book, Blood on the Door right now, enjoying it. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yes. Thank you, David. It's coming out very soon. Let's jump into this tonight because, um, there might be a lot to say, but I'm going to get through it. It's not going to, it's not going to take up. Yes. Kristen, she got rehired. Praise God. She's, she's been rehired 62 and a half times. It's very exciting. Very, very exciting. Um, we're going to start, by the way, we're going to start by taking uh, one verse of a text. And look at all the love coming up for you, Jenna. Je- love in YouTube, love in Facebook, love in Periscope. Just tons of love firing up for Jenna. They might be quarantined to their homes, but their hearts aren't quarantined from loving you, Jenna. How about that? Look at that. Trying to make that a uh, trend tonight. Kathleen said, hashtag rehire Jenna. Um, <laughs> if you've got your Bibles with me and are with you, I want you to open them with me to the book of Hebrews chapter one. We're going to start there tonight. Hebrews chapter one. And this is a scripture that I'm sure, you know, uh, by heart now already. Uh, Hebrews chapter one is almost a description talking about uh, angels and their purpose. But I start here because before we get into, uh, look at that, Pastor Sharon, giving you love, Jenna, on uh, on Facebook. Look at Kristen. We love Jenna and her leopard crocs. Because if you ain't crocking, you ain't rocking. Um, Hebrews chapter one. Let's go to, uh, let's start with verse number 14. I'm glad to have everybody here tonight. Thanks for jumping on with me. Spirit of Faith Sessions. By the way, if you're just new to this to the session, you don't know what we're doing. The Lord spoke to me to get on here every night since we're doing this 
all this stuff's happening around the nation and around the world. And I heard him clearly say, get on and pump people full of faith. So that's what we're doing every single night at 7 p.m. And then, of course, our normal broadcasts, Monday through Friday at 10.30 a.m. But these sessions, by the way, I've said it every night, all of these sessions are being logged and put in a playlist on YouTube called Spirit of Faith Sessions. And you can go back. I think this is like number 21 something. I don't even know. You guys know what this is? Is this session 21 or something? 20? I don't know what it is, but it's up there. We've got them all in one playlist for you guys. And uh, thank you very much for that, Dave and Jennifer Mullins. All right, let's jump in. Hebrews 1.14, look at this. The Bible says, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? I'll go back one verse to the 13th verse, listen. And to which of the angels, that gives us some context. And to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits? So he's talking here about angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? So first thing you need to recognize tonight is that angels are literally just ministering spirits that are sent out to minister on behalf of people who have inherited salvation. That's you and that's me. Angels are just ministering spirits that are sent out to minister on behalf of those who have inherited salvation. And uh, tonight, I'm going to break down five things about angels tonight, five things that angels are doing uh, in the life of every believer and are available to do in the life of every believer, but they're ministering spirits. They're called to minister on your behalf and they're ministers of God. What does that mean? They're doing the will of God and carrying out his purpose in the unseen realm. And so first of all, we need to see this. Angels are supernatural beings that are doing the work God's called them to do, but they're also ministering on behalf of those who are saved, those that are Christians. That's you and that's me. One of the things that we need to get um, right off the bat is this. How do we access angelic power? There's my father-in-law, and I'm sure my mother-in-law is watching as well, my daughter, my nephews. Um, That's Hebrews, Regina, chapter 1. And verse 14, Hebrews 1, 14, angels are ministering spirits. And so one of the things right off the bat that we need to get is that we can access or activate angelic power that God sends or assigns to our lives by our words or by our prayers. You see that? By our words or by our prayers. And I'm referencing here uh, Daniel in the Old Testament Daniel chapter 10, and I'll read to you uh, verse 12. Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12. So this is the Amplified Bible. Listen to this. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your mind and heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come as a consequence of and in response to your words. You see that? That that is the the what the angel said to Daniel here 
in Daniel 10, 12. Daniel 10, 12. He said, then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for the first day that you set your mind and heart to understand and humble yourself before the Lord your God, your words were heard. And I have come to you as a consequence of and in response to your words. You see, so Daniel's prayer, Daniel's words caused God to loose angelic assistance to Daniel where he was, caused him to loose that power to Daniel where he was praying. And of course, we know that uh, one of the things that uh, was was dealt with here that is a bit different than it was in the, in, or that it is in the New Testament, I should say, is that uh, he was dealing with spirits in the air. The angel had to deal with spirits as he was coming. It was 21 days between when it, when uh, Daniel prayed and when the angel came and actually spoke with him. But there was a, a battle going on in the heavenly realms, the prince of Persia, which was holding him back. And so I want you to see this tonight, that Daniel spoke words in prayer, and by those words, angelic assistance came to him. So your prayers, your prayers can loose angelic assistance. That's an important point. My prayers, and I want you to write it in the comments, my prayers can loose angelic assistance. And you've heard me use this um, before, this reference, but you know very well that the, uh, if you remember telling, me, telling you the story, 2 Kings chapter 19, here's a king named Hezekiah who is surrounded by an enemy, King Sennacherib and his Syrian army, and they're there to destroy God's people and then take the women and children into slavery. And they send a letter into the city to Hezekiah from Sennacherib that says, do you honestly think that your God is going to save you? Do you honestly think that your God is going to deliver you from my hand? That's it. Write it in the comments. My prayers can loose angelic assistance. And the king starts to mock God. And he says, do you think that? He said, don't you realize all these other nations that we've defeated? They thought that their gods would deliver them from me. But we took their women and children into slavery. We killed their men. We destroyed their nations. And he said, you'll be no different. And when Hezekiah read that letter, he went unto the temple and laid the letter out on the altar and gave it to the Lord. And then he said this, listen, he said, Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. This is 2 Kings 19, 14, and I'm reading down through. He said, uh, Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned upon the cherubim, above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste to the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they were destroyed. So now, O Lord, our God, save us, please, from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. And so what does King Hezekiah do? He begins to pray. He begins to speak to God and ask for God's assistance. And notice this. Um, I love this. If you go over to now the um, 35th verse, the, 30, the 35th verse, 
And that night, hallelujah, the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when the people arose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. Then Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went home and lived at Nineveh. Isn't that interesting? Went home. Hallelujah. But look at this. Then Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed, went home and lived in Nineveh. And as he was worshiping in the house of Nisroch, his god, Adramelech and Sherezer, his son, struck him down with the sword and escaped into the land of Ararat. So this king that was so full of pride that he said that we're going to storm your nation, we're going to kill your men, we're going to take your women and children, we're going to burn down your altars and temples, your God can't save you. In one night, because of Hezekiah's prayer, because of his prayer and his praise unto God, declaring who God was in the temple, God sent an angel, one angel, not many. He sent one. I mean, I think that's powerful. He didn't have to send many. He sent one. He sent one. And that's so powerful because if you think of the fact, you know, that the Bible calls God, you know, if you ever, if you, if you grew up in church or have been at any period of time, especially at Christmas, you would have heard the phrase Lord of hosts. And that's something that we've said for years, Lord of hosts, Lord of hosts. It was probably found in the King James Bible, Lord of hosts. And I never understood what Lord of hosts meant as a younger man. As a kid, I'd think, man, Lord of hosts, what does that even mean? And, you know, I know I'd been to like a, you know, a, a restaurant where a host would seat you. And so you think about this. I got a newer translation and started reading some of these same verses. And you know how it says it in more modern translations? It calls him the Lord of heaven's armies. The hosts are the hosts of angels. The hosts of angels the Lord of heaven's armies. So he's the Lord of heaven's armies. It's so powerful to think that he has armies of angels at his disposal, but this passage is showing you how powerful just one angel is. And that's so, I mean, that's fire right there. One angel, an entire army of 185,000 men was not enough for one angel. Just one. And I love it. I have, I always make this point when I'm reading this passage. It, it, God didn't even, you know, it, to us, it looks like a big task. You know, to us, it looks like a ma- 185,000 men. It looks big to us, but to God, it was nothing. He didn't even have to call on an archangel. He didn't need Gabriel and he didn't need Michael. He just sent a nameless angel that we don't even know who it was and sent one angel down and descended from heaven. And when he got done flapping his wings, there were 185,000 corpses on the ground. One angel. It's all there needed to be. God didn't even have to get off of his throne. It may have seemed big to the people that were there, God didn't even have to get off the throne. Spoke to one angel, and that angel handled his business. And every enemy lay dead. That's the power of one angel at work on your behalf. Just one. 
Just one. Hallelujah. Just one. I think it's interesting that uh, we had a friend. I want to see if I have it listed here. I'm talking about protection here. He protected them. We had a friend of our, of my grandfather, who uh, who was a pastor, but he did overseas missions work as well. And if you've never heard me tell this story, he he shared this, and, and of course my grandfather knew about it. That when he was overseas, he was ministering in a nation where people were extremely combative to the gospel and the Christians, extremely aggressive, and he was in an area where the men of the place where he was were planning really to kill him and the other missionaries. And um, so they had already had some confrontations and uh, they were staying in like a compound overseas. And that night they were holding a prayer meeting. And when they held that prayer meeting, they finished it with no issue. The next morning, I love this story. The next morning, these men came back to the compound and they said, we want to be saved. <laughs> we want to serve the God user, like a complete U-turn, like a complete 180 degree turn. We want to serve the God you serve. We want to be saved. And he was like, what in the world? Why the sudden change of heart? You were ready to kill us. We've had confrontations with you. You didn't appreciate us preaching the gospel here. Uh, you know, what's the story? And so they told him. They said, last night, we came up here to the compound to kill you and to kill all the other missionaries in the compound during your prayer meeting. We got everything. They had machetes with them. They, I mean, just weapons that they'd found and pulled out and were getting ready to chop them up. And they said, when we came up here to the compound, at the entrance to the compound, there were two massive men that were standing there holding swords, flaming swords. And they realized, he said, we turned and ran back home. And we realized that it wasn't natural. They, they understood it was supernatural. And they understood, and, they, and that's what they told him, that your God is obviously far more powerful than any God we serve, and we want to serve your God. What kept them that night? What kept them in that compound? Angelic protection. Supernatural, angelic protection. One of the things, and this is number one if you're taking notes, one of the things that angels do on your behalf, according to scripture, is that angels protect you. Angels are sent to protect you. And so I want you to put this, and of course I'm going to give you scripture, but I want you to put that down. Number one, angels are sent to protect me. Good evening, Marissa. Love you. Angels are sent to protect me. That's number one. Especially, It needs to be heard, especially in this time we're living in. So many worried about terrorist attacks and issues and problems, all these different things, school shootings and you know violence and corruption. Angels are sent to protect you. That's it. That's it. Put it in the comments. Angels are sent to protect you. 
Let me read this to you. Psalm 91 and verse 11. Psalm 91, 11, New Living Translation. Listen to this. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Hallelujah. Psalm 91, 11. He will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. That's your promise. That's Old Testament. Think about that. That's Old Testament. You don't have to be afraid of the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence. The fa- He goes through the whole thing. Evil men with an antichrist and anti-God agenda. No, he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Doesn't matter what nation you travel to. It doesn't matter where, where you're going, what you're doing. If you're on task for the Lord, he will protect you wherever you go. Listen to this. Psalm 34 and verse 7. Powerful scripture. Psalm 34 and verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost on that. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear the Lord and rescues them. That'll be your story in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That will be your story in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, it was great. I don't know if they're watching tonight. I'll give you another testimony. I love that one. Angel of the Lord encamps around about those. Um, I don't know if they're watching tonight. Marissa could uh, could verify this. She was there when they gave the testimony. But um, we have friends in North Carolina, Adam and Beth, and uh, they have a phenomenal testimony. They were in a horrible car accident. Should have been dead. I mean, literally should have been dead and gone. When the when the officers came and everybody that showed up on the scene, they were expecting dead bodies. I mean, looking at how bad the car, the vehicle looked. I mean, just totally destroyed. And they should have been dead. But for everybody that, hey, Shawnee, good to see you. For everybody that was there on the scene that saw this happen, and of course, they were putting all these people together. We saw this person, we saw this person, saw this person. There was one person missing from the report of what everybody said because Beth and Adam testified, somebody pulled us out of our vehicle and laid us on the side of the road. And there were people that had been there since the beginning. And so we we don't know. We don't know who that person is. We don't know where they went. There was somebody who pulled Adam and Beth out of their car at that scene of the crash in the midst of that issue and laid them down in a place. And the police even said, everybody else is accounted for. We don't know who this person is, where they were, where they came from, or where they went. And I, I'm reminded of the word of God that tells us that are, there are some times where we entertain angels unaware. Sometimes we're entertaining angels unaware. I don't, I don't believe anything other than that there was an angel of God watching over those two precious people of God, Adam and Beth, and that pulled them out of that vehicle and placed them on the side of the road. People that should have been dead, but they're alive today. They're not just alive today. I want you to think about this. 
I was just preaching with my friend, Pastor Brian, in uh, Albemarle, North Carolina, and I went into Planet Fitness, you know, just doing my thing one morning, lifting weights and all that. And um, I go in, and who's coming out but Beth, the one that was in the accident. So they're not, they're not out uh, of the accident and, you know, crippled for the rest of their lives or some, you know, on a ventilator for the rest of their lives. No, the power of God touched them. And I left and Beth is leaving the gym as I'm going into the gym. She's already been working out. She's already been running. She's already been lifting weights and she's been restored by the power of God. What happened on that day? Marissa's, she's, she said, amen. I sit behind them at church every week. And so you know what I'm talking about, that we don't know who it was, but we believe God looked out for them, took care of them, watched over them, and angels are watching over to protect God's people. He said he will send his angels or order his angels to protect you wherever you go. It's powerful. Kemba's saying, I I remember reading this happening to Pastor Adeboye's daughter, she said she felt two hands lift her out of the car she sat in and watch the car keep on rolling. Angels are protecting you. There's Beth right there. Praise God, Beth. Beth's on the broadcast on Facebook. That's her testimony. That's her husband's testimony. And God watched over them. Angels are watching over. God is ordering his angels to protect you. Beth, if you guys just tuned in, we're just thanking God for keeping you alive and protecting you when you should have been dead, but thank God you're still alive. I was just telling him I was coming into the gym and you were coming out of the gym. You weren't left in a place where you were crippled and couldn't walk or couldn't work out or couldn't do, but God brought you into that place of protection and and you're strong and still sharing your testimony. Angels are watching over us. Angels are taking care of us. Why? Because the Bible says God will order his angels. He will order his angels to protect us wherever we go. The angel of the Lord encamps round about those who fear him and rescues them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. I'm looking at mama up in New York. She should be dead. She should be dead. Somebody left her restaurant. Somebody left her restaurant and he, she was trying to, and he was drunk. She was trying to tell him, don't drive, don't drive home. And she went out in the parking lot. He got in the car and backed and smashed her between two vehicles. And she should be dead, but the Lord protected her. And then she was totally healed in the revival when my father was preaching there in New York. God has angels protecting us wherever we go, watching over us. Hallelujah. Wherever we go. You remember the story of Elisha? And uh, there was a king that wanted to kill him because uh, every time the king had an idea to destroy Israel, Elisha would hear it in his spirit by a prophetic word and warn the king of Israel. And then the, the plans of the king could not prevail against Israel. And so he said, well, what can we do? He said, well, we got to go kill the prophet before we can do anything else. And they found out where he was staying. They surrounded the town where he was staying. And the Elijah's, Elisha's servant Gehazi went out and looked and he saw all of the armies, the, the members of the army surrounding where they were staying. I believe it was in Dothan. And the Bible says he got freaked out and runs back in and tells Elisha, they're here, they've surrounded us, they're going to kill us. Elisha was not afraid. 
He just prayed a simple prayer. He said, Lord, open his eyes so that he can see what I can see. And when the servant looked again, he saw surrounding their enemies, horses and chariots of fire, angelic armies there to protect them. And and the prophet said, there are more with us than there are with them. Hallelujah. There are more with us than there are with them. Those of you that are watching, I'm telling you, put that in the comments tonight. There are more with us than there are with them. There are more with us than there are with them. That's our promise. Angels are watching over us, taking care of us. What else? That's number one. Angels protect us. But what else do they do? Number two, you know, it always blows my mind. Everybody's looking for something little, you know, super mystical and freaky about an angel. We were in the service the other night, brother. And as the band was playing, we just saw feathers everywhere. Feathers were coming down. It's like, why is that what you're expecting from an angel? You know what I mean? It's like, of all the things the Bible says about angelic assistance, why is that the thing that people are expecting? It's like, brother, I'm telling you, there was angel feathers everywhere. Well, vacuum them up for crying out loud. Most of the time you got pigeons in your church. You don't even clean the balcony. (laughs) I mean, of all the things we have in the scripture about angels, why are people trying to find angel feathers? There was a feather on my shoulder, brother. I knew the angel of the Lord was there. Was he molting? (laughs) The angel molting? Why of all the things, I'm giving you five tonight. Here's five things you can expect from angelic assistance. Why are we waiting to see some weird manifestation of an angel? You know, that's not what we should believe for protection. Let me give you number two. (laughs) I don't know what, I don't know what else to say. People are cracking me up. There was angel feathers everywhere, brother. And I'm telling you, it was a mystery. Yeah, it is a mystery. Why you're believing for that. Angels protect you. But let me give you another one. Number two, angels are strengthening you in your purpose. That's scriptural. Angels are strengthening you in your purpose. Listen to this. As you go in your purpose, Luke 22, verses 41 through 43, listen to this. Hey, Raina. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. This is Jesus, by the way. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. What was Jesus doing? He was was praying about his purpose. He was praying about what God would have him to do as the son of God. And he said, I want your will to be done, not my will to be done. And so what happened instantly? An angel appeared and strengthened him. That word here means invigorated him or refreshed him. Invigorated or refreshed him. Notice that. That was before his crucifixion. What about at the beginning of his ministry? After he was tempted of the devil. Look at this, Matthew 4, verses 10 and 11. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. For it has been written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone shall you serve. And then the devil departed from him and behold, angels came 
and ministered to, attended, waited upon, hosted him. In his purpose, angels were strengthening him. Before his crucifixion, after his temptation, what were angels sent to do? Minister to him, refresh him, stir him up. You understand? So angels are strengthening you in your purpose. The Lord will have angels, hallelujah, strengthen you in your purpose. I'll tell you one of the things that, it, that stirs me up. We were having um, we were having a revival with Brother Shambach, Newark, New Jersey, and a woman came, and this is when they were having all kinds of house fires and stuff, burning down row houses in Newark, and um, bad house fires. And this woman came to the tent meeting and she said, Brother Shambach, you've got to come and check out my house in the afternoon. And so she finally got him to consent to come check it out. And he comes and shows up on her block there in Newark and looks and there's all these row houses burnt and black and hers standing in the middle, completely white and untouched. He said, what in the world happened? He said, she said, Brother Shambach, I was in my kitchen cooking. And she said, as I was, I heard my door bust open and all these men ran in and grabbed me and pulled me out of my house. It was firemen. It pulled me out of my uh, house and pulled me across the road and I was kicking and streaming saying, put me down. She said, they put me down on the other side of the street. I saw that the block was on fire and she gave her testimony. She said, I watched as the fire burnt down the block, house upon house upon house was burnt. And she said, I was protesting even in my spirit. And she was saying, my, not my house. This can't happen to me. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. That's what she started saying. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. She said, it's the wildest thing. She said, as the fire got to where my house was, she said, I watched it happen. The fireman watched it happen. She said, a wind, a gust of wind blew. And she said, it looked like the fire just blew right up over my house and landed on the house next to mine and burnt the rest of the block down. She said, I can't explain it. They can't explain it. But as it was coming towards my house, hallelujah, it blew, a wind blew and blew that fire over my house and to the one next to mine and burnt the rest of it down. Brother Shambach went into her house and went room to room and he was sniffing. He's like, that. she said, Brother Shambach, what are you doing? He said, I'm just smelling around the house. He said, that's wild. He said, there's not even, I don't even smell smoke in your house. He said, you don't even have any smoke damage. God didn't just keep her house from being burnt down. There wasn't even any smoke damage in her home. Hallelujah. Angels, angels strengthening you in your purpose. We had a girl, I'll tell you another one. We had a girl went to Bible school with me. I put this uh, story in blood on the door for those of you that have read that book or are reading it. Uh, there was a girl that, that went to the same Bible school that I went to that when she, hey Pat, that when she was in school, she, you know, because the, the classes only last from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. And then once class is over, you're free to work a job or whatever. And she was part of, I guess, a part of a corporation, whatever, that um, allowed her the use of a, she was flying around on a private jet. She was flying back into Tulsa on this small private jet with about eight, nine other people. And she was coming in to land uh, and the pilot got on and said, hey, just want to give you guys a heads up. It doesn't look good. She looked out the window and could see emergency vehicles on the runway in Tulsa. 
And the pilot said, um, we're coming to land uh, here in, in Tulsa, but I cannot get I cannot get the landing gear to come down on the plane. And he said, there's a strong crosswind uh, at the runway. So probably what's going to happen, he said, I'm going to try to land this plane on its stomach, on its belly. He said, but probably without the landing gear, what's going to happen is we're going to bounce off the runway, but the crosswind will flip us over onto our head. And so we'll come to a stop upside down, most likely. He said, so buckle in, get in the emergency positions, and we're going to attempt this landing. Well, talk about freaking people out. She said that uh, other people were on the phone calling their loved ones, telling them they love them, all that stuff. And uh, and so she got mad and she stood up. And as she did, the lady that was the attendant in the little plane came up to her. She said, you got to sit down, buckle up. She said, I will. She said, but I want to know where is that landing gear exactly? And the lady said, well, if I'm not mistaken, it's, it's right under where you're standing. And that stirred her up. She said, you hear that devil? You're under my feet. And she said, in the name of Jesus, come down. When I say she said, come down, her testimony is she stomped and declared it, come down in Jesus name. She said the plane shook and she said the landing gear came right out from under the plane and they landed the plane. And she said, it was one of the smoothest landings I've ever had in an aircraft. I'm telling you, angels are protecting you in your purpose. God didn't call her to that Bible school to kill her in a plane crash. God didn't call her to that Bible school to end her life early. She was in the midst of her purpose and angels were strengthening her in her purpose, keeping her in her purpose. As you're doing what God's called you to do, angels are keeping you in your purpose. They're not just protecting you, they're strengthening you. They published that, te- that they published that testimony, by the way, in the Word of Faith magazine at Brother Hagin's ministry. And I referenced the magazine in the book Blood on the Door because that's where the, the testimony is from. And she gave her own testimony, powerful, that the plane that should have crashed, the landing gear came out by the power of God as she prayed. It wasn't coming out when they tried and tried and tried. It came out when she prayed. God is watching over his people. That's number two. Number one, he protects us. Number two, angels are strengthening us in our purpose. Number three, angels are carrying out God's pleasure on the earth, his purpose and his pleasure. Listen to what Psalm 103 says, verses 20 and 21. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will or that do his pleasure. That's the King James Version, that that do his will or that do his pleasure. Angels, and here's the, listen to this. Now this, this will stir you up. King James says here, Psalm 103, 21, you angels who do his pleasure, that do his pleasure. Think about it. What do angels do? They carry out his pleasure. Well, what does he take pleasure in? That's a question. What kinds of things does he take pleasure in? Well, here's one. Psalm 35, verse 27. I'll read the Amplified. Listen to this. Let those who favor my righteous cause and have pleasure in my uprightness shout for joy 
and be glad and say continually, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. There's one thing God takes pleasure in, the prosperity of his servants. And so if God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants and the angels carry out his pleasure, then think about this. One of the things angels are to do is to bring to you the resource that is yours to take care of you. Angels are to deliver to you the prosperity. Think about this. There was a man, I love this man. He passed away and went home to be with the Lord. But he ran a youth camp in Maine that so many people were called into the ministry out of this youth camp up in northern Maine. Some of you are watching me know who I'm talking about. Brother McIntyre. I know if Heather and Aaron are still watching because we all went to that camp. We all went to that camp together and uh, as youth, as young people. And um, Brother McIntyre ran Whited Bible Camp. And uh, as he was building the camp, I mean, it was supernatural how, how God allowed him to build the camp. But one of the things that he did as he was uh, as ru- running the youth camp, my grandfather used to call him the oldest youth pastor in America. I mean, he did it until he was, what, into his 70s or 80s? And so uh, he was driving in the winter in Maine. And they needed some things uh, for the camp, some resources, and they were believing for some stuff. Well, they, as he's driving, the Lord tells him to pull over. And he goes down into, um, he says, go down in here into the, you know, the little median between the two, uh, between the two roads. And he said, check this out. So Brother Mac, being obedient to the Holy Spirit, he goes over. And checks down between in the road and he finds all these steel beams. Just almost like an 18-wheeler had dumped its load under the snow and all those steel beams are are underneath there. And uh, so he goes to the, uh, I don't know if it was the county or who he reported it to. He said, I want you to know there's a whole load of steel beams under the median, under the snow out there. So they checked their records. They said, well, nobody has reported a lost shipment. We've not had any trucking companies. Nobody's reported lost steel. And this is exactly what he was believing for to build the camp. He needed he needed steel. He needed resources. And they said, well, if the spring comes around and nobody claims them, you can have them. And so literally, as the spring came, the snows melted. Nobody had claimed that stuff. And Brother Mac went down there and claimed that steel and used it. Heather, I don't know if you—I don't know if you guys knew that testimony. You, you and Aaron, did you had you heard that story told before? How Brother Brother Mac found the beams and built and built part of the uh, built part of the camp with that. Powerful, supernatural, and uh, just like by angelic assistance. Who knows who put the beams there? I, I don't know who did it. Nobody even claimed. I mean, you don't. You can't tell me that an entire a truck lost an entire load of steel and didn't report it. 
You know, yeah, that Brother Mac said that. When I'm carnal, I'm carnal. When I'm spiritual, I'm spiritual. <laughs> he was a one-of-a-kind dude. But God used him to build that camp. Aaron's been blessed because of it. Heather's been blessed. I've been blessed. So many others. My father, you knew that story, Aaron. And uh, it's powerful what God did. Supernatural what God did. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm sure it's amazing. Do you know what, what part? Do you guys remember what part of the camp he built with the steel that he found? Was it was it the? Uh, do you guys remember what he used it for? Was it for the cafeteria, the canteen, or whatever? I can't remember what he used it for, but it's just, it's supernatural. Was it for the motel? I, I, but I thank God for brother and sister Mac who are in heaven now that God used them to bring so many people into the ministry. So many kids were filled with the Holy ghost at that camp. You know, what's interesting. I don't know why they would have ever done this. Aaron, do you remember this one year, one year? I don't know who set this up, but it was not smart. Those of you that are watching, uh, you've probably heard of the the you know Teen Challenge. Of course, you've heard of Teen Challenge, and um, they brought all these young men from Teen Challenge in Massachusetts up to the camp. You know, rough guys. I mean, had to take drugs away from them and stuff on the way, and uh, they put them in a dormitory all together. With then me and my cousin, Jonathan, (laughs) which was a mistake in and of itself. The rec hall or the dining hall, okay. Uh, They put all these kids from Teen Challenge in a room with me and my cousin, Jonathan. And they, you know, they were like, they were rough, rough guys. They wanted to fight, all kinds of stuff. You know, you know how guys are. They think they're the toughest guys in the world. And so... It was wild because they were like, these guys were as unsaved as unsaved comes. I mean, they weren't just like people that don't go to church. These are guys that like literally completely were, you know, grew up in a rough life. Put us all together. Well, that, I mean, this is, I'm just giving you a testimony of how powerful that was a rugged year. I remember, I remember how powerful this was because in that same year, my uncle Tiff was preaching at the camp this that year. And uh, I remember seeing all those guys and thinking to myself, like, they don't even want to be here. You know, they don't even want to be at the camp. And uh, I remember vividly, like Aaron's saying, vividly, it's like it happened yesterday, that the power of God hit at the camp that week. And every one of those guys that was in the dorm with us, that came up from Teen Challenge, some of them on drugs still, some of them, I mean, like they didn't want it. They were being forced to come good. And they came in every single one of them. Aaron remembers every single one of them got saved that week, but they didn't just get saved. Aaron remembers every one of them got filled with the Holy Ghost. They all got filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues. I mean, it was the most supernatural turnaround on a life I had seen at that age in my life. Cause I was young that year. I was probably only 14 or 15 years old. And I remember watching the power of God hit those young men. And you think about that Ange- angels. I mean, you, there's no way else around it. Angels helped brother and sister McIntyre. Angels helped brother and sister McIntyre build 
Why did Bible camp and continue to build it out? So that young men like that could come. I'm talking about refreshing you in your purpose. So that young men like that could come. I think they were coming from Brockton, Mass. And came up from Teen Challenge. The Holy Ghost turned their whole life lives around. In one week. Think about it. For 18, 15, 14, 16 years of their lives. They had nothing but a rough life. And in one week, under the power of God, at that camp that angels helped to build, by the way, lives were turned around forever, for eternity, saved and filled with the Holy Ghost by the power of God. Don't ever minimize what angels are doing behind the scenes to work. Yeah, I remember that, Aaron. Never underestimate what the mighty power of God is doing through the help of angelic assistance. Never, never. Let me give you another one. Number four, number four, angels will destroy the enemies of God. And we dealt with that a little bit, but listen to this. That night, this is Isaiah 37, 36. That night, well, you know what? Let me tell you this, because I see where, We're already past eight o'clock. Let me tell you this. If you've ever listened to any stories about the six day war, you should go back. If you've never done it, if you've never listened to any interviews of Israeli troops that were fighting during the six day war, you should go back and listen because there were some supernatural things that happened. Supernatural things that happened. To this day, nobody can explain it. You know, they w- there's a story. They fired, they fired a shell into a weapons cache. This is stuff from history. This is not like church, you know, stories that circulate in church. This is history. They fired a shell into a weapons cache that should have exploded and the whole weapons cache should have exploded and killed everybody in there. And that, that shell came in and landed like a dud and just sat in the middle of the rest of the ammunition and all the other explosives. There were men that were part of the Israeli army that said they saw, that said they actually saw large angelic beings sitting on tanks in the battlefield that would just come down and crush tanks supernaturally. I mean, you've got to go back. Yeah, Nick's saying he's he's listened to it. He's gone back and watched and studied it. You go back and see. Angels. This was for this was for God's people, Israel, during the six-day war. Go back and read some of the supernatural things that happened. Missing, like missing out, like the sand. Did you read about the sandstorm that happened? Like a, a like a sandstorm just came out of nowhere and distracted enemy troops. They couldn't find the ones that I mean, like supernatural stuff. Angels are fighting on your behalf. They're ministering on your behalf. Let me say this. Yeah, Jerry. <laughs> exactly. I'll finish with this one. Angels are also set to deliver. They deliver. They will deliver you. One of their, one of their, uh, and I believe mainly that that's 
something that happened with Adam and Beth, I, I really truly believe that God delivered them through angelic assistance. I'm so thankful that he did. So thankful that he did. And uh, it's interesting to see how God works. So even in the even the New Testament, Acts chapter 12 is the story of Peter who is in jail. And literally, he wasn't going to just be placed on trial. I think we can be honest and understand that he was going to be executed. You know, look at Nick. I mean, going back to the Six-Day War, Israeli pilots document enemy fighters, enemy fighter jets exploding midair. Inexplicably, just exploding midair. It's angelic assistance. Uh, Angels will deliver you. Listen to Acts chapter 12, verses 6 through 10. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers, and others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter, and the angel struck him on the side to wake him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So the so Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision, didn't realize it was actually happening. Look at this. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And, and the doors opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street and then the angel left him. What was the angel sent there to do? To deliver him. The angel was sent there to deliver him. Literally, he's asleep between two guards with two chains. The angel's able to wake him up and set him free without even waking the other guards. All the doors have to open. Even the large iron gate into the city has to open of its own accord. And the angel led him out. The angel was sent to deliver him. Hallelujah. The angel was sent to deliver him. Angels are used to deliver God's people. Used to deliver God's people. I remember um, one of my favorite stories. I mentioned it today when we were talking about the mark of the beast because we got into talking about the rapture. But one of the greatest things you could ever see that is a picture of the rapture in the Old Testament is the angels coming into Sodom and Gomorrah to deliver Lot and his family before the destruction came. Notice what those two angels did. They knew destruction was coming and they ushered them out of the city, ushered them out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Even when his children mocked and sneered and didn't believe, you know, it didn't matter. They were covenant people and they could not be there to endure the wrath of God. So what did angels do? Angels grabbed them and rushed them out of the city. Angels are deliverers, sent to deliver God's people. Hallelujah. Sent to deliver God's people. And so I'm, I'm telling you, and you should expect this to happen. I don't know how God does what he does. I can remember the story, some of you may have heard it, about Pastor John Hagee. While he's preaching in his pulpit in San Antonio, Texas, a gunman walks into the church, walks down the center aisle, and fires a full clip at Brother Heggie while he's standing at the pulpit preaching and teaching. And all of those bullets pass through 
and not one of them that came out of the gun hit Brother Heggie's body, stood right there at the pulpit. Not one of them hit his body. When the forensics team came and they did the study of where the man was shooting and where he was pointing the gun, and you know, they can they can by the bullet holes in the wall, they can show the flight path of the bullets. And where Brother Heggie was standing, you know what they reported? Several of the bullets should have passed through Brother Heggie's body. Should have passed through his body. But based on where he was shooting and the bullet holes in the wall, they should have penetrated his body. But not one bullet touched Brother Heggie's body. Not one. Not one. Rudy said there's audio of that, but no video because it was back in the day. Can you imagine? Not one bullet touched his body. Well, how do you explain that? Other than to know God's got angels that are delivering you. Angels that are delivering you. Hallelujah. Angels that are watching out for you. Angelic assistance is available to God's people. I remember uh, reading a story, and I now, now I'm going to blank on the... Uh, on the number, I believe it was 50,000. There was an, a preacher. He was a, a prophecy preacher that's now dead. He's in heaven. But he would study end times Bible prophecy. And he was reading that scripture, Revelation chapter 5 and verse 11, where the Bible says, uh, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, talking about angels. And uh, he went into the original language and began to do the math on it. These are just the angels flying around the throne of God singing, you know. And he said he multiplied it, all the angels that are mentioned there, and got the number. And then in his day, he uh, divided every believer on the earth into the number of angels that were there. And he said, people think they have like a guardian angel. He said, but, but if God evenly divided the angels that were in just that passage of scripture, he said, every believer would have 50,000 angels at their disposal, each individual believer. There are so many angels. And think about this, because it makes, makes me laugh that, you know, Back, even people that back when we were in youth group and whatever, and they used to do human videos or like, you know, they would do like live action, like plays or whatever you want to call them, skits. And anytime there was like a, a, a teenager representing a demon, they'd always have like a black t-shirt on. And the ones that represented angels had white t-shirts on, but they always did this because, you know, you know, a third of the angels left heaven. So there's two angels for every one demon. So they'd always have like two uh, white t-shirted young people fighting against one black t-shirted young person. And it was always, you know, two angels for every one demon. But think about this. That was at the time that they rebelled and left. But know this, God's a creator. Who do you know? How, or excuse me, how do you know that God did not create more angels since the third left? The devil's not a creator, so he's only got what he's got. But God is a creator, and God could create as many angels as he wants to, and there's nothing that says he can't. 
There's nothing that says that he can't create angel after angel if he wants to. He could have already doubled, tripled, quadrupled the number of angels at his disposal by now. Who knows what he's done? But know this, God has more than enough help. No, it wasn't Brother Hagin. It wasn't Brother Hagin that taught that. It was another man, not Ernest Angley. I'm trying to think of the name of the prophecy preacher. Uh, man, if it comes to me, I'll tell you. But imagine that. There's no limit to what God can do. And he's got angelic assistance that's available to help you, to strengthen you, to deliver you, to protect you, to bless you. You go right down the line. And they're all available. Angels are working on your behalf behind the scenes. That's why I started this broadcast by telling you in uh, Hebrews 1.14, angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister on behalf of those who have inherited salvation. That's you and that's me. Angels are working on your behalf. Let me tell you something. Angels are protecting you, watching over you. I'll tell you, there was an, it had to be angelic assistance that protected me. When I got into that car accident, when I was in Bible school, let me just tell you, that had to be an angel because I fell asleep driving with no seatbelt on and on the most busy, the most busy strip in all of Tulsa, Oklahoma, pulled my car through three lanes of oncoming traffic, didn't hit one car went into a restaurant parking lot, didn't hit one pedestrian or a building, a telephone pole or a parked car, didn't hit any of that. The only thing that woke me up is that I went over top of one of those cement things at the end of a parking space that jolted me and and, and woke me up in my car. And I mean, I started shouting Jesus as I'm waking up. Ended in the middle of a warehouse parking lot with nothing around. And, li- and literally, nothing had touched me. No, If I'd have hit anything, if I would have hit anything, I'd have been dead. I wouldn't be here tonight teaching you. But angels were watching over me. Angels were protecting me. Guardian angels. I mean, God was watching over me and sent angels to minister on my behalf that night. No, we don't pray ever to angels, Karen. Obviously not. We don't pray to angels. We pray to God. We pray and we pray in Jesus' name, but we don't pray to angels. There's nowhere in the Bible that says that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God, Marissa. I mean, that's just powerful. Such a powerful testimony with Adam and Beth. I'm so thankful. I thank God that they're I just think, I'm telling you, even when it took place, I believe, we, weren't we in the revival with with uh, with Pastor Barbie and the family when that took place? I mean, it was super, or just after at least, because I know they were still out for a little while. But I thank God that God kept them. I'm thanking God on your behalf, those of you that are watching, that there are things that are happening right now that angels are working on your behalf. There's some of you that you need protection. There's some of you, you need to be stirred up in your purpose. You need to be ministered to in your purpose. There's some of you that are watching that you need, you need the blessing of God. You need the things that I'm talking about. Found blessings, being led in God. And I'll tell you, we have the Holy Spirit and we have angels. 
We have the Holy Spirit and we have angels. We're blessed because, see, in the Old Testament, they didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit like we have today. They didn't have, yeah, I remember that, Beth. I remember that. You were able to come after that. I, I remember that clearly now. But the, see, in the Old Testament, they didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the ability to be filled with that presence in a permanent way like we do. But guess what? We get both. We get to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we get to have this access to angelic assistance. It's a wonderful thing. We are blessed. Look how many people are putting up testimonies. I walked away from an accident, no scratches, bruises. Angels were watching over me. We do. We do. We're blessed beyond measure. That's right. To have the Holy Ghost and to have angelic assistance. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. And I'm telling you, it's available to you. And one of the things that I'm believing God for is that uh, when we are active, I should say it that way, when we are active in what God's called us to do, because this is an important point to remember, I've, I've, I've dealt with this. The Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord builds the house. I don't want to do anything that the Lord didn't ask me to do or tell me to do because I want his protection, his power, his provision, his assistance. I want God to be in charge of everything that's going on. I never want to have to handle it on my own. I don't have the power. I don't have the resources. I don't have the, I don't want to have to depend on me to get the work done. I want God to bless me and see the work done. That's what's so powerful about staying within what God's called you to do. And when you do, angels are dispatched on your behalf. And let me tell you, wow. And let me just tell you this. There's people that pray. They want to see that, you know, Lord, show me angels. You don't need to see them. You don't need, we don't need to pray that we, God gives us a vision of angels or, you know, if, if the Lord wants you to see it, you'll see it. But what we really need to pray is that God will touch us, use us, protect us, bless us, and the things that we're called to do literally will come to pass because of our faithfulness and dedication. But I want you to know along the way, angels are watching over us. You know, you should not expect or, or fear the same kind of things that are happening in the rest of the world. Fear those things on your family, for your children, for you personally. You, you know, I'll tell you, my children, I thank God, they'll never experience, they'll never experience the same things that other kids have to go through. Why? Angels are watching over those babies. They'll never find, they'll never be the victim of a terrorist attack. They'll never be the victim of some demonic manifestation that leaves them injured or dead. They'll never be the victim of some wicked thing taking them out ever. They'll never be found at the scene of the crash. They'll never be found at that place where they've been, uh, you know, mugged and stuffed in a dumpster. It'll never be their story. Why? Angels are watching over them and protecting them. Yeah. Look at that. Hollywood said on April 4th, Pastor Falloon's youth group was in an accident where at least four of them should have died, but they're all fine. Thank you, Jesus. I, I'm telling you, Angels are watching over God's people. Angels are watching over God's people. And, and, and you're one of those. And angels are protecting you, watching over you. 
helping you, bringing deliverance to God's people. And it's going to be your story and it's going to be mine. And so I'm going to pray for you here at the end of this broadcast because one of the things that we need to realize, I said it at the start. I said it at the start. Daniel, who was praying unto God, and the angel said to him, I have come in response to your words or your prayers. And so I want you to hear this. Your words and your prayers can spark angelic assistance. Your words and your prayers can spark angelic assistance. And so I want you to, I'm getting ready to pray because we need to start praying. We need to start praying like we never have. Can I encourage you as we're home during this time, you know, I want to encourage you to take time to pray because one of the things that's going to happen as we pray is that God is going to not only answer our prayers, but angelic assistance will be activated just as it was for Daniel, just as it was for Jesus, just as it was for the apostles. Angelic assistance will be activated as we pray. The Lord is watching over his people. The Lord is caring for his people. And I'm telling you, God's going to protect us. God's going to help us. God's going to watch over us. And I mean, I mean that. I'm talking about provisions coming, protections coming, powers coming, refreshings coming by the power of the Holy Ghost. Supernaturally, angelic assistance belongs to us. And so I want you to bow your head wherever you're watching. If you're at somebody's house in a watch party tonight, join hands with everybody. And let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying now for your people. Lord, there's many that need a touch. There's many that need divine protection. Others need refreshing. Lord, there's many people that are watching tonight that are believing for increase. What I'm praying now, Lord, is that you take care of your people. I pray, Lord, that whatever it is that are that's standing in their way, maybe there are things the enemy has tried to use to stand in their way as an obstacle, as something to hold them back from what you've called them to do. Lord, send angels ahead of us tonight to destroy every obstacle that uh, of what's trying to hold us back from what you've called us to do from this night forward. Lord, I pray that you'd send angels to continue to watch over your people. As you said in your word, you'll order your angels to protect us. I thank you, Lord, that no wicked thing will come near our dwelling place. No evil thing will come near our dwelling place. We thank you, Lord, we'll, that we will never be diagnosed with coronavirus, we'll never be diagnosed with any wicked thing that's trying to sweep through our nation. Our bodies will be divinely protected. I pray that you continue to watch over us, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Take care of your precious people. Use them for your glory. I pray that you'd open doors of opportunity for us to be impactful for the kingdom of God, to be effective in these final moments of time. Lord, use it. Use it. Use these final moments of time that we're in as an opportunity and open doors for your people. Use our words, use our boldness, use our actions. We thank you that doors are opening. Protection belongs to us. I pray that our family members that are not serving you, the door would open to their heart and that they would receive the gospel of Jesus Christ and become sons and daughters of God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Touch our families, Lord. Let us be able to say by the end of this year, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Touch our children, our grandchildren, our husbands, wives. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name 
that this would be a different kind of year than we've ever experienced in Jesus' name. A year of violent increase and expedited favor. Lord, I'm asking you tonight to show your mighty power to your people. Show your power and make it real to those that are watching, those that are listening. Let this be a year of encounter with your spirit, a year of encounter with your presence in Jesus' mighty name. Bless them abundantly. I pray that they would overflow financially. Lord, those that are sowing seeds, those that are faithful to activate your covenant of seed time and harvest, let their harvests come back quickly. Let them overflow supernaturally in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, continue to give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And I pray, Lord, that by the end of April, that we will have financial miracles that will have taken place in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Financial miracles will have taken place in our lives. And we'll be able to lift our hands and give you all the praise because you're the only one that can do these things. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Lord. We give you glory and praise, honor for your good and your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, Rob. Those of you that believe and receive that prayer, I want you to uh, shout aloud amen in the comments section and give God all the praise. He's the one that does it. He gets the glory. Angels don't get the glory. God gets the glory. He'll share his, he won't share his glory with anybody. We don't worship angels. We don't praise them, but they do the work God sends them to do. Thank you for sowing a seed. And let me say for anybody that would love to step out and sow a seed to tonight. Uh-oh, lost me. Anybody that wants to sow a seed tonight, let me encourage you just in case I did lose you. There I am. Hey, everybody, I'm back. Um, there's easy ways to do it. You saw that people are already using hashtag donate. You can do that if you're on Twitter or Periscope, and you can do that if you're on Facebook. But if you're on YouTube or if you're listening on the podcast, uh, you can't use hashtag donate. And so we have Cash App available. PayPal is available. Um, Venmo is even available. But the easiest way to do it is to go to miracleword.com and sow a seed right on our website. And if you'd like to partner with us and stand in partnership, then you can click the partner tab when you go to the website. You can fill out the form. And as you know, we're asking God that in 2020, God would attach us to a thousand people that would stand with us to see the gospel preached around the world, to see things changed by the power of God. And maybe you're one of those that God is speaking to. If you are, I ask you to take a step of faith and do it. And I'm telling you, I'm so thankful to see a hungry generation. Don't believe the lie that we're living in a generation where nobody's hungry, that nobody cares about the Lord or Christianity. They don't want to hear it. That's not been the case. Anywhere I've ever been, I promise you this, anywhere I've ever been where people not only heard the gospel but saw the power of God, they were very, very hungry for God to move in their life. And I'm talking about packed altars for salvation. People want when they see God is real, they might not be hungry for dead, dry religion. Who is? Not nobody is. But when they see the power of God, they are very hungry. So listen to me, those of you that are watching. Don't let this night pass you by. Don't let this night pass you by. Step out in faith and sow a seed like the Lord is speaking to you. There's my friend Landon. Love you, buddy. Love you very much. 
Love your whole family. It's good to see you. I hope to see you in person again soon. You're a good man. God's going to use you in a mighty way. Um, don't let this night pass you by. Anytime the Lord speaks to you, it's an opportunity to go higher. And there's people that are watching me right now that the Lord is speaking to you. And he's giving you an instruction about what he's encouraging you to give by his spirit. We are only responsible to hear that instruction and obey it. And so I want you to obey what the Lord's asking you to do right now. And then for every person that uh, is sowing this month, $100 or more, we're going to send you this book, phenomenal book on the end times, the end, aptly called the end by Dr. Mark Hitchcock, complete overview of Bible prophecy, 530 pages. This is a phenomenal resource, answers all your questions about end times Bible prophecy from the rapture to the tribulation to the antichrist to the millennial reign to the dateless uh, future all i mean all those things that's going to be our gift to you this month for everybody that's sowing a hundred dollars or more uh, on the broadcast and then of course you know those that partner with us at a thousand dollars or more you know what we're sending this is the the new tool that i'm loving i didn't i don't just i don't just have the the leatherback version of it i have this on my phone and my ipad and my laptop i got it on everything because this resource is so great. It's the Life Application Study Bible in genuine leather in the New Living, New Living Translation. I'll sign that. And I'll be sending it to you uh, as our way of saying thank you. But amen. Love you, Molly. Love you, Teresa. Love you, Shirley. Thanks for everybody that's sewing on Cash App. We get a lot of Cash App. People seem to really love to use it. It's easy. We love it. It's one of our favorite ways to do it. You know, one of the things that... Uh, I believe, is that because you're united with Christ, you've heard, maybe you've heard us say, angels, we ask you to go now and do this or that. I believe because we're united with Christ, anything that answers to Christ answers to us. Anything that answers to Christ answers to us. Demons must answer to Christ and thus they have to answer to us. That same authority is in the child of God. Angels answer to Christ, and so they must answer to us. Why? We've been made uh, one with Jesus. We are in him. And so to, to answer your question, Troy, I don't think it's wrong to send angels or ask the Lord to send angels for the specific things that we're believing for uh, because we are in union with God. We're one with God. So it's a great question. But I don't feel it's wrong to do it because we've been united with Christ. That's right. Anything that has a name must bow, bow down. It's a great point, Scotty. Every knee must bow to Jesus Christ. And so everything, everything's got to bow. Even if you consider this fact, even things that are named in the natural world, cancer must bow. You know, coronavirus must bow. Anything with a name has a knee and it must bow. And so I want to encourage you that this is a time to take your authority and take your dominion in the world. Don't sit back and say, well, you know, you got to like just take life as it comes. Take authority and take dominion. And don't just take what life, what life offers up. Determine your destiny by faith, by what you believe by faith. I'll tell you, it'll turn everything around. It'll turn everything around. I'll be back in the morning, 1030 for... Um, we're going to continue on Bible prophecy. 
If you miss today, go back and watch today. Man, it'll blow you up. And then uh, don't miss tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. We'll be back with you. That's Eastern Time. Thanks to everybody that's sowing seeds. We love you so much. Oh, yeah. Let me just say this. We have the um, Kids Live Craft Party that's coming up on the 9th, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, Facebook. You're not going to want to miss it. Trivia, prizes. It's going to be great. It's going to be phenomenal. So I'm looking forward to it. We love you guys so much. Have a phenomenal night. We're going to go out shouting tonight. And uh, one of my favorite songs, get your dancing shoes on. Get ready to go. We're going to shout. Have a great night, a good rest. I'll see you in the morning, 1030. Don't miss it. I love you guys. Have a great night.
Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.